Today's daf is daf mem dalid. We are going to begin mem gimel mem beis by the Mishnah. Zog the Mishnah. If a yid sells his eved kanani to a goy, or even he sells his eved kanani outside of Eretz Yisrael, the halach is yotzav mincheren. This eved ivri goes eved kanani goes free. Since this eved who is obligated to fulfill some mitzvahs, would be restricted in his ability to fulfill them in his new situation, either because he'd be under the Shibud of Agoy, or because he's no longer in Eretz Yisrael. So the Chacham gave this guy a knas, that the original owner, that he should become a Eved, a Ben Chayden. And the reason is, because if he succeeds in escaping his new owner, he is a full-fledged Ben Chayden. So that's what the Mishnah says. If a yid sells a evid to a goy, evid kanani to a goy, or chutz la'aretz, since this guy was mukhiv in some mitzvahs, and now that he's owned to a goy, so he doesn't have the ability to fulfill it, or in chutz la'aretz, he doesn't have the ability to fulfill these mitzvahs, the chacham penalized him that this evid kanani goes to Yosef al-Khin. So I'll give you a moment. This is actually the Tisefta and Aved Zara. The Tisefta says, A person who sells his slave to a goy, this goy, this evitani goes free. Not only that, the Tzara Getshichur Rabbi Edition. And he requires a Getshichur from his first master. So the first master sold him to a goy. Number one, he goes free. And he needs a Getshichur from the first Rav. Our Shimon Gamliel, Shimon Ben Gamliel said, this when does this uh, when is this true? Shleikosa When the master did not write, we're gonna see in a second what Aina means, but a document for him. but if he wrote a document for him, this is the shikhr, and he does not need to have a get shikhr. So the rice has said that somebody who sells the evid to a goy, this evidani goes free. However, the first guy needs to give him a, a get shikhr. Roshim Gamil says that's all if he did not write for him this Aino. But if he did, then he does not need to have a get shikhr from Rabbi Dishon. Ask the Gemara, my Aino, what is a document? Um, Roshesh is the cause of Lahachi. Roshesh says he writes to him like this. When you will escape from the guy, I have no business with you. So even though this is not a get shikhr Mufurish, it's enough to be considered a free man. So that's what Rabbi Gamliel, Shem Gamliel says, that when does the get shikhr have to be written if this document of the Kishitib Rechimani and the Eishik Bach is not written. But if it is written, then the Rabbi Nishan does not need to write a new get shikhr. If he borrows from a goy, um, on the basis of a slave, in other words, he's using the Eved, as a collateral, so that the creditor, creditor can collect the slave in payment of the chayv, if the if the leva uh, defaults. So lava lav min he borrows from a goy and he uses his evikanani as a collateral. So kivin shasalei goy nimusai. Once the goy behaves with the slave according to the halachas of nimusai, we'll see in a second what that means. So the din is yatz the cheres he goes free. Frightingly, my nimusai. What does it mean nimusai? Nashki means he places a seal upon him. So once he places um, 
like this, he shows that he owns Valabatishkait, so, um, that's, so he goes free. Now, Mosul of Sheshes, of Sheshes asked Ashaila from the Brysa, now, the Brysa says, Harisin Vacharichois Vahachachiris, Harisin Batiovis, Goish and Mishkin, so the Israel, what does that mean? If there was a field owned by a Goy, but there was either a Jewish sharecropper or a tenant farmers, or Jewish family sharecroppers, in other words, an entire family of sharecroppers who work a field, uh, they feel they work the field generation after generation, or in a case of a guy who mortgages his field to yid, even though the guy acted for the for the yid based on his, the halacha is is Why? Because the field belongs to a guy. Um, it's not considered as it's transferred to a yid. Now, what the Gemara wants to get to this question, we salted either nashki, and if you if you think that the salacha means a seal, so the bas nashki is a field able to be sealed. Alamar of zman means he acted for him based on the halacha's meaning time. In other words, a deadline was set that if the chayv is not paid by the given date, the slave would automatically be transferred to the possession of the guy. So for the Gemara, kasha zman azman. So now it's a difficulty with regard to the issue of time in the case of the eved. And the issue of time in the case of the field. In the case of this Eved, the Allah is that after the set time, he leaves the, the, um, Ma'avah's authority and is free. Well, in the case of the field, it, its produce does not become obligated to take Meiser like the produce of a Yid's field after the set time. So when it says, like Kash, it's not Ikshayla. Um, in the case of the slave who is free, is referring to when his time to be transferred has arrived. And this case of the field is referring to where the time to be transferred has not arrived. So now the Gemara asks, but with regard to an Eved, with regard to a slave where, whose time to be transferred has arrived, does it need not be said that he's free? It's obvious that once he's transferred to the authority of the guy, he is free, just as in the case of a sale. Rather, if to say that both cases is that the time to be transferred has not yet arrived. Like cash, and it's not a shayla. Hold the gufa, hold the This, the case of the slave who is free, is with regards to the slave himself, as the slave himself is to be transferred to the guy. And the case is with regard to the produce. In other words, the Jewish, uh, the Jewish um, malva has the right to produce to the produce of the field, but he does not take possession of the actual field. So therefore, it's part of from Meiser. Now the Gemara says, "Vivay Simon, if you want to say that the Shalova Amanas Lemashkini, that he borrowed on condition that the creditors collect from him, Lemishkino, but he did not yet collect them, since the field had not yet collected from the guy by a yid as payment for the chayv, remains exempt from Maises, but the mere fact that the yid agreed to have the slave be collected is enough midrabanan to take effect." Okay. Now the says, If a guy collected a slave for payment of his chayv, the slave was taken by sikarikin, which means one who would use a violent and intimidation to force people to give them their property. He's not free. And is it not so that if a guy collected a slave for payment of his chayv, the sage did not 
uh, institute of Knas uh, uh, and the slave is not free. But in Minya, when I ask to guard the case where the household of the king sees one through a floor by force. So in Bechoyve, if they took it for payment of the Choyve, of the king, Chayve Eiser, he has to bring Meiser. But in Ban Paris, if, if he engaged in unjust seizure, of Pagla Meiser. So the Bryce seems that an item taken for payment of a Choyve is a type of sale. So why would the slave taken in payment of the Choyve not be free? The Mer says, Shani Hosom, there is different to Kamish Torshi because he profits by repaying a portion of his Choyv within the Meiser. If they would have taken regular produce, it would have been more of a financial loss for him. Therefore, he has to separate uh, Meiser for the seized grain. In the case of the slave, he did not profit from the seizure, therefore the Chum did not penalize him. Toshmad Omer Rav, Goy, person who sells a slave to a Goyish, uh, gover- to a Goyish government official, then he goes free, even though the owner agreed to the sale only because he was pressured by the by the government, so the official. So also he doesn't profit. The fact is he should have appeased him, and he did not appease him. Also, yeah. Okay, now the Gemara says, go for, let's uh, focus on the text itself. First, he sells a slave to a Gaisha government official. The slave goes free. What should he have done? The five appears, he should have appeased the official in some other way, and he did not appease him. If he sold a Goy, to a Goy for 30 days, so what's the halacha? Is this considered to be a sale and he is free as a result or not a sale? Now, we assume that he would be sold to the official in order to work for a limited amount of time and perform special tasks. And then we see that he's free. So the says, no, there is sold to a guy, a Goyish official and the sale is not reversed. So you can't bring a proof from here with regard to Allah of a sale that is in effect for a limited time. Now, Rabbi Yirmi asks, asks several questions with regard to the extent of the application of the Knas. If he sold a slave to a guy, aside from his work, in other words, the guy will own the slave, but will still perform labor for the Jewish master. What? If he sold a slave to a guy, aside from the work, the guy will own the slave, but he will still perform some labor for the Jewish master. What's the aloha? If he sold to a guy, aside from mitzvahs, he made it tonight that the slave would be able to continue observing mitzvahs. What's the aloha? If he sold the, 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 to the guy, but aside from Shabbos and Yom Tif, what's the halacha? If he sold him to a Goyesha who resides in Eretz Yisrael and observes the Shabbos and Yom So now, what's the Lakuti? What about Lakuti? You can at least pass in one din. Lakuti has a din of a guy. Lakuti has a din of a when it comes to Kuti some say that he is the din of a guy, some say he's the din of a yid. Well, you mean the name of Ami, the if a slave fled from his master and gave himself over to a foreign army to serve as a soldier. 
And now his master cannot remove him, not So he's not able to remove him neither through a based in or nor through the laws of the nations of the world. Is he permitted for the is it permitted for the master to at least take the value from the army? Will this be considered as if he's selling the slave? Go out and examine your Mishnayis to find an answer. He went and examined and discovered. Somebody sells his house in a Shishol to a Goy. So the Allah is that his money is received from the sale of the house or forbidden to him. Now, if there was a guy who seized a Yiddish house by force, and its owner cannot remove him, can't get it back, so neither, and, and he can't get it back not through a base and not through a Goyish court, then he's permitted to take the house value from the guy, and he may even write a document to register the sale in the courts, because he's like the one who rescues the money from their possessors. Now, although it's also for you to sell his house in Eretz Yisrael to a guy, it was taken by him by force, and he's permitted, so he's permitted to take payment for it. So similarly, if the slave cannot be retrieved from a guy, it should be permitted for him to take money for it. So the Mara says, no. Maybe this refers only to a house. Since it's not, it's not possible for him to live without a house, he would not sell it willingly. So there's a reason, there's no reason to give him a knas when it's taken by force. But Abel Avda, with regard to a slave, it's sufficient for him to live without a slave. So we're concerned that he will come and sell it willingly. So therefore, maybe we should give him a knas. Or maybe we don't, we don't make a difference. So he sent the following message to, sorry, the Ami sent the following message to Al-Chacham. Minai Ami Barnosan, for me Ami Barnosan, Terry is the Holy Stroll. Terry emerges to all of the Eden. Every blasphemy of the Yosses, we never yell at the Eden, so the Mamma but the Eden is dumb of the case of Malabakoshal game. Meshu, who Miodam. So the same thing. So now, again, the Mammy sent this message. Omar Rabbi Shubhan Levi, Shubhan Levi said, I'm a Chad the Goy. Person who sells a slave to a guy, even though he can no longer enslave him, Kaisin is said may he's giving a kanas and is forced to redeem the slave from the guy for for up to a hundred times the value of the slave. So the Gemara asks, Dafka or Dafka? Is this amount specifically or not specifically? Is the number an exaggeration or not? Person who sells a a large domesticated animal to a guy, Kaisin is said that Sarah. He's given a knas and is forced to purchase the animals back from the grain for up to ten times the amount. So it can be seen here that one who violates the chachamim by engaging in the isser sale must pay up to ten times the item's value to purchase it back. Same would apply the chayra to the case of the slave. Every day. The owner releases him from the fulfillment of the mitzvahs by selling him to a guy. So there may be even a greater penalty as a result. 
Apparently, in this case, the slave should be at least as large as the, the one of the animal. Or it says, Shani, I don't know. A slave is different as he does not return to him. Since the slave will be free once the master redeems him, it may be the Chum will not penalize him to such a great, to, to such a great extent. So now the Gemara says, my time, huh? So what's the reason that the Kanas, in this case, the animal is more in the case of the slave, from the Hadalei, because of the fact that it returns to him, if so, he should be penalized only one additional amount. Rather, a slave is uncommon, and Chacham don't make exact advice to the things which are not common. If a person sold a slave to a guy, and he died, Maoshi comes to his is his son given a class after him? Is the son also required to redeem the slave, or does the penalty apply only to the seller? If you want to say in accordance with the opinion that holds, that if one slit the ear of a, of a firstborn animal, and by doing so intentionally blemishes it so that it may be eaten, and then the person died. So the children are are uh, penalized after him. Here's And if you're going to say that a person planned to perform malacha on cholamid, and then he died. So over there, we don't penalize him because they did not perform a, a, a Isser act. So what's the halacha? The Chum penalized only him and he's no longer alive. Oh, he done not made a concert They penalized his money. Oh, he said his money is still here. So I'm lazy. Rashi said to him, You already learned this in the Mishnah. Sadish and Skapta, Shviz, the fields whose thorns were removed during Shviz's year. These are the Matzah Shviz could be sown after Shviz's year. Since removing thorns is not a full fledged Valacha, that makes it also the field. Now, the Taibu and the Daira, if it had been improved with fertilizer and has been populated by the owner, then, like the Zalamat Shviz, it may not be sown after Shviz. Because the Chacham made Xera from prohibiting from Isra Malacha. We have a tradition, a type of a mace of a person improved this field in a forbidden manner, and then died, and his son may sow it. We see clearly here that they made a class for him, not for his son. We have a tradition, if a person made a metame, uh, of his friend and died, we don't make a class for his children to pay for it. First of all, Hezek Shani Nika is not a, not a Hezek. We consider Abban, he, they consider Abban, only for him. We barely consider Abban. Then, where Mishra said, if he sells a slave to a guy, sorry, if he sells a Yid, uh, sells a Yid outside of Tishol, the slave is free. Turn Abban, Amecha, Abdel, Chutzlarda, it's just a Chayat, Sir, Kachikman, Abba, Shani. So, if a person sells his Abba, the Chutzlarda, and he goes free, and, and, and he needs to get Shikha from the Abba, Sometimes he goes, sometimes he doesn't go out. 
if he said so and so my slave, I sold him to so and so Avantechi, then he is not free. Because it's possible that he describes the purchaser this way because he was born in a teich, and now he lives in Eretz But if he says Avantechi Shemtechi, Yotza. But if he says Avantechi was Avantechi, then he is free. As the statement clarifies that he's selling a slave to one who lives outside of Eretz Yisrael. The Mar says about Tanya Mechatil Avantechi Yotza. But didn't we learn that if he said I sold him to so and so Avantechi, then he goes out for free. But if Avantechi Ashuri Belud. But if he says so and so on Techi, it wasn't Lord, and I yotza. So we see that if he states that he sold the slave to so and so on Techi without anything else, the slave is free. And this is not gold like Rupshim and Gamil, much as a Kasha. This case, when he is not free, is referring to when the purchaser on Techi has a house in Archistro, and, and it may be that he purchased a slave to serve in the house of Archistro. And how this slave is in the case where the slave goes free, it's referring to when he has only an inn where he's staying in Eretz and the only home belonging to the guy is outside of Eretz Boy, so now the Gemara says, Boy, Rabbi Yirmiyah ben Babel, Shemasa Yishu Baris Yisrael, There was a person of Babel who married a woman in Eretz and she brought into the marriage slaves and made his servants from him. And he intends to return to Bobo. And that, so what's the halacha? Is marrying, uh, kind of selling the slaves to her husband, since he plans to take them out to Israel, will they be free? This, this question could be sai when you see the laws with her, that in the event of a divorce, the slaves remain in her possession, and her husband cannot pay her for them in order to maintain possession of them. And this child is according to the one who said, Allows with him, and he may pay her and retain possession of the slaves. This shayla goes even according to the one who says that the Allah is with her to keep him. That din ima, since the Allah the law is with her, so the slaves are therefore considered as hers. It's not considered as she sold them, so they're not free. Perhaps since they are lean to the husbands for him to keep their profits of the slaves' labor, it's like considered like his. Since the law is with him, it says, therefore, consider it as his. Or, perhaps since the husband did not acquire the slaves himself, it's considered as hers. If a slave will, will willingly follow his master to Syria, which we know is outside of Eretz Yisrael, Mechor Shom Rabbein, and his master sold him there, goes to the Cheres, and then the slave is free. But didn't we learn that if he left, that his slave left Eretz Yisrael willingly, he lost his right to be free, if he then sold out Eretz Yisrael? Here, where he's free, is referring to a case where his master's intention upon traveling to Syria was to return, as they followed him on. Therefore, when the master sold the slave in Syria, it's as though he sold him from Israel to outside of Israel. There, where he's not free, is referring to a case where the master does not intend to return, and the slave followed him under that assumption. Since this, the Evid willingly left Israel permanently, he lost his right to be free, and he's then sold outside, uh, if he's then sold outside of Israel. The slave follows the master of Syria, and he asks, no, let me start again. The Gemara says that Vatani was taught in a brisa. 
the slave follows the master to serve. The master says, "What's he following him?" But then we learned that in the Mishnah, but all must he follow him? We do not. We do not learn in the Mishnah that says that all can go to Eretz Yisrael. A woman or a slave can say that he or she wishes to sin, and he may, and they may do do so against the wishes of their husband and masters. But all may not remove. One cannot force a slave to leave Eretz Yisrael with him. Rather, we're talking about if a slave willingly followed his master to Surya and his master sold him there. In thus, if his intention is to go back to learn from here, they did two things. Number one is if prison sells his field so Rav says that it's sold in principle however if he leaves the possession of the purchaser immediately and the purchaser is not refunded at all and Shmuel says it's not sold at all so Ranan continues his statement with regard to the two halachas he was taught by the Shmuel in one of the two sales the money received from the sales return and in one of the two sales the money received from the sales not returned I don't know which one of them is let us see what can be determined. If you see the second guy does kind it, and the sales is not returned. If so, when Shmuel says there that the field is not sold, uh, he meant that the sale was not taking effect and all the money returns to the purchaser. But Rabbanan, the one says in Rabbanan, who could not determine in which case the money of the sale is returned, he did not hear of this Braiso. Now, he says, and if Ramanan would attempt to resolve his shadow from the statement of Shmuel, who said that the sale does not take effect at all, it should mean that the money used for the sale is returned. It's possible to say, from where can you assume that it's not sold and the money goes back? Perhaps it's not sold and the money is considered to be a gift. And this is similar to one who is Makadish sister. So if person Makadish is sister, Rav says the money gave is returned because the Kedusha is not Chal. Shmuel says the money is a gift. He said he wished to give a gift to his sister and he did not do so this manner. Therefore Shmuel remained uncertain as to when Shmuel acquired the money to return. Why, are, why do you see if it could fit to cause, to say that we apply the penalty to the purchaser, that he's required to free the slave? Let us give a, a penalty to the seller, he should be required to return the money. So Rav Yosef answered Abayah with, uh, with the marshal and said to him, So Rav Yosef answered, Is it not the mouse that steals? But the hole that steals. In other words, a mouse cannot steal anything unless he has a hole for hiding the stolen items. Here too, the slave would not have been sold without the help of the purchaser. Famous thing. But if not for the mouse, from where would, from where would the hole have been stolen? Where would the hole have the stolen item? Since they both contribute to this act, each of them is deserving a kanas.
So Yisro says, "Mistaber heichadikisur hasam fensinim." It stands to reason that anywhere that the forbidden item, the slave is, in this case, the purchaser, there should be penalized.